the last three years because we've grown so rapidly, you know, doubling, tripling in size every year, that as soon as you feel like you've kind of got your hands around something, it changes. Welcome to BizBuild Podcast, presented to you by the good folks here at Diamondback Tool Company. I'm the host of the show, Damani, head of sales and media for Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow me at Diamondback underscore Damani, that's D-A-M-A-N-I on Instagram. I'm here, as I will be on every episode, with Connor Crook, CEO of Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow him on Instagram at diamondback.toolbelts. The purpose of BizBuild is to provide listeners an inside track on what it takes to build a business. It is our hope that you can learn from our successes and pitfalls and siphon knowledge from our various expertise so that you can get an edge in the business of building something great. We're almost in Kevin Bacon stage at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't even know if the person on the floor knows what they're <clears throat> actually talking about at this point. Right. And so it becomes even more incumbent upon us to work on the videos that we've been working on, to work on uh, marketing materials that we can really explain the benefits of Diamondback, explain why a Diamondback system is the way to go and where the value is in a Diamondback system in a very coherent fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and So as little as is lost in translation as possible. Right. And, you know, we do that all the time. You know, the YouTube videos have been a great thing for us because so many people call and they ask us a question. And when I answer the phone and somebody says, well, can you explain the difference between this pouch and this pouch? A lot of times my response is, I could, but that's going to be me standing here in the shop waving my hands around in the air while talking to you on the phone. Mm-hmm. I got this YouTube page. Mm-hmm. The answer is there, and you can actually see it. It's, right. it's not a cop-out to send somebody to the YouTube page. It's like, hey, man, that's probably where you're going to get it. You can actually see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, even the Instagram for that matter. You know, so many people who are not on Instagram who I've talked to on the phone, I asked them, hey, do you have an Instagram? We have so much information on Instagram. They're like, nah, I don't have an Instagram. Just check it out. <laughs> or or my girlfriend has Instagram. Right. She she posts pictures of, of whatever. Or our cat, you know what right, I mean? Right, so, right. And then they go on the Instagram and immediately hit me right back. Oh, I saw these combo rigs on your Instagram page. That's exactly the one I want. Yeah. Okay, that just saved us a 30-minute conversation on the right, phone. Right, right. So it works really well that way. I'm going to touch a little bit more on that international commerce thing because I think that's I think that's interesting in a lot of regards because I think any business person wants to expand their business to as far reaches as they possibly can. Uh, social media has helped us move into the international realm a lot quicker uh, because social media is international and it's amazing how many people from all over the world are seeing what we're doing in the international world. But one of the other things that I've noticed, too, is a lot of the similarities in the actual people in the trades around the world and what it is that they value and what they desire in their tool belt or their tool belt systems. Was that surprising for you to see such similarity across the board from Canada to Australia to the UK to Sweden? It boggles my mind that I sell tool belts and every day I have a conversation with people in multiple countries. <laughs> I, I was uh, messaging on Instagram in French with a guy in Quebec 
20 minutes ago. Hashtag humble brag. <laughs> My French is pretty awful, but I can, I can muddle through it. Um, again, I, couple guys in Spain I've talked to, which is really cool. One of them, there's a couple of them have been in Barcelona. I'm a big Barcelona soccer fan. So I, you know, get to message these guys in, in Spain. Um, you know, we have, um, some guys in Germany that I talk to fairly regularly. Obviously, in Sweden, where we have a deal, where we're talking to those guys all the time. It, it is unbelievable to me. It I, it it boggles my mind. Um, but it, to your point of the similarities of the folks, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Is it a similarity across all trades? Is it something about Instagram, which is our our most commonly used? window on the world mm -hmm. that there's something about an Instagram guy. I saw something uh, yesterday. It was like, so is Martinez Tools and Diamondback, is that like a partnership? No, I like Mark. He's a good dude. I hang out with him at trade shows, but quality likes quality. And there is a there are a couple of brands that have certainly um, done well through Instagram and social media. Uh, and they create a culture and I think it is that culture of craft and of the desire to really improve upon your skills that matches so well with what we do at Diamondback that may, maybe people are different everywhere and maybe we're just talking to the same guy who happens to be in Spain one day or, the, or his, you know, his long-lost cousin in France and Germany the next day. But it, it is fascinating how uh, the culture has spread. One of the things that we did, I want to switch gears for a second. Okay. Uh, one of the things that we focused on this year specifically was the branding or rather rebranding of the company mm -hmm. from a marketing perspective, how it was presented out to the world, making sure that the way it's seen, aside <clears throat> from just the tool belt itself, is modern, eye-catching, um, memorable. Mm -hmm. I guess those are the sort of adjectives that I can think of. And, sure. and going into that rebranding process, which was extremely complicated and, and involved, uh, everything from redesigning the logo, picking their fonts that were writing Diamondback tool belts. Did you ever imagine how complex something like that would be? <laughs> you know, because I mean, yeah, a lot of people might throw their name on a sticker. You know, sure. if you have your own business, you throw your name on a sticker and you're just like, okay, as long as my name is out there, that's good. But it, it, if your sticker is not as good as the next sticker, you might get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, the, 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 the challenging thing about that has been because we've sort of grown organically over the years. There's some elements of Jim Skelton. There's some elements of the Alaskan group. There's some elements of when we first bought Diamondback and we're trying to figure out what the heck we were doing that now we kind of have to look across everything and say, you know what? If we want to be a real company, we need to have a unified look and feel. And so we had to kind of draw on what we had. We had to decide what to pitch versus what to keep and how to make it all work together. And so, yeah, that's a big process because now we have to think, okay, we're going to make a lot of different print materials and we need to think what color and you know those things you just mentioned our website also needs to look like that we're doing this podcast what 
iconography, what elements of those designs go into the podcast, the way we talk on the podcast, the things that we talk about, the logo that you put together for the podcast. So it is complicated when you have been running a business that it seems like you're putting out a different fire every day to step back and say, okay, I got to make all this kind of go together. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Coordinate. Coordinate. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's the big challenge that we've had throughout the last three years because we've grown so rapidly, you know, doubling, tripling in size every year that as soon as you feel like you've kind of got your hands around something or your head around it, that it changes. And so the biggest challenge for us in so many fronts from supply chain to marketing and advertising is to get ahead of the game so that we're not always chasing our tails. One of those things that had to that we had to alter was the actual names of the systems. Mm-hmm. So originally coming in, uh, you had the Denali, the Ultimate Framer. You had an electrician. You had a master carpenter. You have all these things that are essentially trade specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I say Denali was the Ultimate Framer? Yes. So that is a trade specific. The UFO. Um, one of the things that we wanted to focus on doing in the rebranding of the company was moving away from trade specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Verbiage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're moving more towards a more, uh, I don't know, just cool verbiage. You know, let's just call it the Denali. Right, let's right, just right, call right. it the Raptor. Um, I still got my problems with Raptor, but we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> that later. It is the eagle in the talent, but um, we have a new rig, a uh, new system coming out called the Maestro. Right. Just go into a little bit of why we're moving away from a trade-specific um, verbiage is really important to what the company is doing now and what the company is pushing to do in the future. Sure. Well, let's first take a step back to, you know, there were the original names that Jim used, which were sort of E5 and C2 and all sorts of things like that, that kind of had to figure out what they were all about. Then we went to these. Uh, yeah, because I can't even read his old catalogs. I don't even understand <laughs> what they mean. And then, and then we went to this Alaskan naming convention for obvious reasons. The Borealis. And, and, yeah, the Borealis with the Aurora. Um, and we moved away from those um, personal preference-wise. And then last year, we, we really did an experiment with these trade-specific rigs. And um, you and I spent a lot of time on Instagram trying to build the systems around different people's trades. And I think we came up with some really cool ideas. But one of the lessons we learned in that uh, exercise was that everybody's a little bit different. Mm. And so it's hard to design. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, it's hard to design a drywall system because every drywaller is a little bit different. Uh, what we also sort of stumbled upon, we, we, we tried to kind of hit the middle of the bullseye the best we could on all those different things and said, you know, here, here are different trade-specific systems. And for a long time, that's how tool belts had been sold. There was the trim set. There was the, fin- there was the uh, you know, framing set. There was an electrician set. There was a drywall set. And that, you know, outside of just Diamondback. But you and I had a conversation one day. It was pretty funny. It was... Uh, you were getting off the phone, I think, with somebody, and you were trying to kind of talk them through stuff. And I was like, hey. He didn't jump, by the way. <laughs> I said, you know, when you get that guy that doesn't fit into any of these existing systems, what do you ask him? And, and you gave me a couple of questions. You asked him. I said, well, darn, dude, that's the same thing I do. <laughs> 
And it was sort of this eureka moment of, hey, man, we're doing this wrong. You're tuned in to the Biz Build Podcast. I'm Damani. And I'm Connor Crook. The difference between Framer 1 and Framer 2 could be larger than the difference between Framer 2 and a finished guy. Mm -hmm. Different people are, are working. Everybody kind of has their own different ways of doing things. Uh, you know, in framing, for instance, some guys want to carry everything, and other guys say, well, I need a framing, I need a speed square, a chalk box, a tape, and a, and a nail gun. That's really all I need. Mm -hmm. So... What we found in a lot of conversations, talking to people on the phone and emails and, and, and social media was, the prime question is, how much stuff do you carry? And working from there, we, we've talked And what about, specific stuff? Yeah. Well, how much stuff do you carry and how organized do you need it to be within your bag? How important is it to be able to move around the job site without bulky bags? And, and what level of support do you, are you looking for with a four inch belt, six inch belt, suspenders, whatever? And that's now how we feel that people are shopping for their systems, and we want to explain that. And it becomes an easier thing to put together in a video. It's, it's, it's something that we can explain to salespeople. It's something that we can explain to customers is this is – don't pigeonhole yourself in based on your trade. You're, you're looking at the wrong category. Mm -hmm. That – you might not be like other people in your trade. So to get outside of that, let's look at what's what you're really looking for. And as a result, it's interesting. What I've found is the response from the customer is so much greater because it feels personal to them, right? So if they, I'll get a direct message from on Instagram from someone that says, I'm a framer, what rig is for me? I'm looking at the Denali because the subtitle is Ultimate Framer. Mm -hmm. Um, which we'll, we will be removing. Um, and I say, let's not think about your, your your trade. What I want you to do is send me a picture of your current setup, mm -hmm. and then I want you to write down what you what your ideal setup would be, on what sides you would want to carry the things. Because obviously your current setup is probably some uh, cheap box store tool belt, and you're putting your stuff where there are slots for it to go, and you have no choices, Right. Immediately, almost 95% of the time, the person's like, first thing in the morning, I'm taking a picture of my belt, blah, blah, blah. And I get this huge write-up from them in a DM. They spend so much time saying, I would love this here and here and here. As soon as I see it, read it, I go, you want this on this side, this on this side, on this belt with these accessories, boom, and it's a sale. And, they, and, what I, and the response I get then is, thank you so much for taking that time to build a system that is specific for me. Right. And I'm so, I'm be so much happier with this thing, and as a result, what we're seeing is less returns or exchanges mm -hmm. because people are buying something that's trade specific and realizing when it arrives there that it's too much or too little for what they specifically needed. And because you were on the phone with them, you made sure that they read, "Don't send me a pant size." <laughs> that's right. Talk about <laughs> getting the right size belt. Um. In case y'all didn't know. Your pant size is a lie. The company, the pants company wants you to think you're still 18 and still wearing a 32 waist. I got bad news for you, man. You ain't a 32 anymore. It's like, infl it's like inflated grades. <laughs> you know, it's like when you go to Harvard, right? It's inflated, all right. Right. 
you really got to see in the class where they gave you a B because Harvard wants to have, you know, a good grade scale across the board. Like 90% of our, our students get a B. Well, the clothing companies are the same thing. If I have guest jeans over here and Nautica jeans over here, and if I wear a 32 in guess and a 36 in Nautica, then I feel better buying the 32 guest jeans. So guesses deflated their pants sizes so you feel less fat. Let's just keep it 100% trill. That's true and real for those people out there that don't know. All right? Talking about customers. But I, I think of myself as a professional consumer. If I had more money, I would shop all the time. I love to buy things. One of my favorite things to do is go into a store and be helped by somebody. If I have money in my pocket and I want to spend it, the way somebody assists me in the store determines how I'm going to spend that money. If I walk in the store with money in my pocket and I'm ready to buy something and I'm ignored or I'm blown off, I walk out of the store, you just lost my sale. So as a professional consumer, someone who likes to purchase things, I like to think I know how to be a good consumer and I want to teach that to other people. And as a result, that saves some steps for the customer Right. If you if you know how to be a consumer, then you're a better customer for yourself. Right. You're getting the things that you really want. One of the challenges that we found in the customer world is, well, first of all, communication. Right. Are we speaking the same language, even if we're speaking American or English? Right. That's a big one. Um, the other one is the ability to continue communication with a customer, right? So I think one of the things that I put in my Instagram story was, if you call and leave a message, say your whole name slowly. And repeat your phone number. And repeat your phone number. Just make sure you have a cell phone signal. Being direct as possible really helps us. And it would help anybody in any situation. It doesn't matter if you're buying a Diamondback tool belt, if you're ordering from Sears or JCPenney's online, whatever the case may be, is we're dealing with hundreds of customers. Right. I, think, I think as we're trying to manage things as quickly as we can and as efficiently as we can, obviously in social media, you're messing around with a phone, you're trying to voice type or swipe type or whatever, things are going to be curt, things are a little bit difficult that way anyway. And I always ask people, you know, if you're sending me a DM about something, you get a DM on Friday night, hey, can, and it's a question, I say, you know, you've got to email me mm -hmm. because there's no way to organize your thoughts and your DM list on Instagram. And of course, I might get 50 messages over a weekend or more and on Monday morning, I can't go back in and find out, okay, that one guy wanted me to look up this. You know, email is so much more efficient for that. And I can toss a star on my email <clears throat> and save it and, and put it in a right. save and, folder or something. And, you know, that's, a, that's something I see that goes across a lot of, you know, the, the new media and new means of communicating. I was, I've been in groups where there were a lot of WhatsApp chats, and it drove me nuts because there was no way to organize messages and, and I feel like you know that in a professional business content e context email is such a, a superior thing to text messages or DMs or WhatsApp um, you know I've used slack a little bit but um, just for professional co communications and really so that you don't get those 
lost communications, an email is is far more superior is far superior to some of those other means of communication. Yeah, so send us an email. Tune into the next episode of the BizBuild podcast for part two of this conversation. You won't want to miss it. You've just been listening to the BizBuild podcast. I'm your host, Damani. Follow me on Instagram at Diamondback underscore Damani. That's D-A-M-A-N-I. Or follow Connor on Instagram at Diamondback.ToolBelts. You can also find more about Diamondback by visiting our YouTube page or Facebook page. Hope you enjoyed what you heard here today, and we look forward to you joining us again on our next episodes. Take care. Don't forget to like and subscribe. 